customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. It's a beautiful mastiff. Yeah, I hope you're not feeding that dog kibble. <laughs> so sweet. Is that a chihuahua? Yeah, oh, I learned my lesson. I am never getting a small dog ever again. Uh-uh. I spend $20 a day just on food for my dogs. Yeah. Uh-huh. I know that sounds like a lot, but let me ask you this. How much is that Starbucks you're holding? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Friday, January 15th. This is the drop. Hashtag full squad. I'm Jay Skeets and alongside me, we got Mr. What You Need to Know, Tass Mellis. Energy. Hey, everybody. Hey, Tassie. We got the Bassmaster ripping them lips, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. We got the International Man of Mystery and Riddick Bowes, sparring partner in this crazy little thing called life, Lee Ellis. <laughs> Friend. Mm. Lily. Last but not least, making the magic happen is JD. Hello. There he is, and here we are on a Friday. Shout out to the stream teamers joining us live right now on YouTube. Thanks to everybody out there who has helped us reach 25,000 subscribers. Check. Next stop, 50K. We'll celebrate 30, but 50K is when we we can record Slim Lee's hit new country song, A Rim With No Net. So that is really, truly the next goal. Let's get there. Like, comment, subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Keep your questions and your comments coming for next week's Beach Step In. No Dunks at TheAthletic.com. It was a day late, but we did drop this week's Beach Step In yesterday. It's in your podcast feed now. You can also watch it on YouTube. And immaculate items always available at NoDunks.com. T-shirts, hoodies, shorts. And a mug. I always forget about those shorts we've got there. Those basketball shorts. Very, very comfortable. Anybody wearing them right now? Mm. Uh, anybody? I am, actually. As a matter of fact, I am. JD, you are? I am. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Look, come on, oh, show them off. Show off your stuff yeah. when you stand up. Oh, oh yeah, JD. Items. Yeah. Incredible. Fantastic. You're wearing tights underneath there, JD? You better believe it. What? <laughs> <laughs> Can't be chafing when I'm working out, Tassie. <laughs> yeah, great point. <laughs> Okay, so on today's Drop Podcast, we got a lot to get to. We got uh, 
Well, worst slash best of the week? Yeah, we got a little twist to it. We got tweet of the night. We actually got some great questions about James Harden um, from some of you out there. You emailed in, you tweeted in, you let us know in the YouTube comments. So we'll do a final, probably sort of little James Harden uh, fallout from the big trade this week. Uh, We got rapid fire. Man, we got so much here. But let's quickly touch on the games last night. It's five games, one thing. There were five on. First one, guys, Sabonis, 23 points, 15 boards, as the Pacers down the Blazers, 111-87. Now, it's the good, the bad, and the ugly for Portland. We'll start with the good. Why not? The good is Blazers broadcaster Lamar Hurd giving no dunks a shout-out after Miles Turner stuck wedgie number seven. Here's the clip. Covington whistled for the travel. Pacer ball, Turner, and that is a wedgie. Is that the unofficial term we've gone with? That's it. Okay. He's looking for that confirmation. Shout out to the no dunks crew. (laughs) Yes, Lamar. Lamar. Second time this season dropping the no dunks name on a Blazers broadcast. And by the way, it's not an unofficial name for it. It's an official (laughs) name. It's Wedgie. I guess the Pacers broadcast was also like, what? Are we calling that a Wedgie? Yes. We have been for years. It's a Wedgie. Mm. Signed, sealed, and delivered. Done. So, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if Lamar. Lamar Hurd still wants to get on The Bachelor. I know he applied years mm. back, but if he does, we got to get him on it, oh. and we got to get him on this show as well. Yes. I mean, we got to we got to help that guy out. So that was the good for the Blazers last night. The bad, uh, I guess, the bad was just the loss. And despite leading the NBA in three pointers, they just hit thirteen of them last night on forty three attempts, thirty percent. That's that's rough. But the ugly, and that's sort of what we're starting here with today. During the third quarter, Yusuf Nurkic left the court holding his right wrist, uh, and the Blazers later announced that he has sustained a fracture. This sucks. It was crazy, too, how it happened. He he did it swiping at the, at the ball as Brogdon drove baseline, and then you can see him immediately grab his wrist. He still managed to play some defense, like he contested a shot attempt inside. He actually fell to the ground, which you would think when you first see the clip is like, that where he heard it? No, he heard it when he was swiping at the ball. And now he's out indefinitely and this is a guy of course tasked that you know recently had just come back i mean this was his 20th i guess regular season game he had played in since returning from that uh, broken leg way back in 2019 march of 2019 so this just sucks for the blazers for him of course uh, after coming back from that one injury and now another i think it's harry giles time uh harry giles a young guy who hasn't really got a uh, a lot of time in the nba hopefully nurk isn't out for an extended period but Let's be positive here. Maybe it's a bit of a blessing in disguise because this Blazers team struggles defensively, even though they tried to change things up with Derek Jones Jr. and Robert Covington on the perimeter this season as something new because uh, they knew that they could get by in the backcourt with their offense. Uh, Nurk is a guy who struggles to defend in space. I mean, he's, he's a little bit heavy-footed. That's just the way it is. Hopefully he comes back. I don't think this is going to be anywhere Anywhere, obviously anywhere near a broken leg that he had to fight so ba- hard to fight uh, fight so hard to come back from uh, last year. Uh, but maybe this, whatever it is, you know, six weeks or two months, will be Harry Giles' time to show up and be that fleet-footed defender every NBA team needs. Now, he was with Sacramento Kings. Now he's with the Blazers as a backup. Uh, but if you start Ennis Cantor, it's a lot more of the same. It's just going to be bad defense in the in the middle of the lane. So maybe we're going to see some Harry Giles, who obviously isn't a great defender at this point, but uh, I, I think this could be something that the Blazers need to get to that next level because that defense has to be better. And 
It hasn't been uh, with Nurkic, and I doubt it's going to be with Ennis Cantor. So some Harry Styles would be would be wonderful <laughs> for everybody, I think. What do, what do you do if you're Terry Stotts, Trey? Do you do you start Cantor and keep you know Harry Giles slash Harry Styles uh, <laughs> as your primary backup big? Do you get a little creative? Do you do you uh, put Mello in the starting lineup at power forward and slide like Covington to center and like? Go small, you know, Covington played center, of course, for the pocket rockets, and then you keep Cantor coming off the bench and stuff like that. Or do you start Giles, like Tass is maybe saying there, and that keeps uh, Cantor in his backup role and keeps Mello where he is in his backup role? Like, what would you do if you're Terry Stotts right now? Well, I wouldn't just go in one direction. (laughs) (laughs) I would unleash Harry Giles. I'm with Tass, as Patrick Asbody points out in the stream team. This guy has been a favorite of the crew since the starters days. He showed up at Summer League. He told us he wanted to be a dentist, despite the fact that his hands were like as big as my entire body. (laughs) Can you imagine a dentist with that big of hands messing with your mouth? No, thank you. But I would love to see him get a chance. He's a super talented guy. Uh, I think the story goes he was the number one recruit in high school before suffering some injuries. And he's just not really gotten a fair shake with regards to staying on the court and playing time, whether it be from injuries or just being a young guy. Who knows how that would work out for the Blazers? I can't imagine it would change their defense a whole bunch. They're already really bad, though, so they might as well give it a shot because Cantor's not going to be the solution. We know that. He can get you some buckets off the bench. He can show up in a playoff game and get four offensive rebounds in the second quarter and really help your team out. He's a valuable player, I do think, but I don't think he's the solution in the starting lineup. I would also, if I'm the Blazers, get on the phone with the Cavaliers immediately. Yep. Figure out a way to get one of those centers out of there. I don't think they're going to be able to get Andre Drummond. The price is just too high with regards to contracts and what the Blazers actually have available to trade. But maybe you could get JaVale McGee. Maybe you could get him. He's a guy that's uh, played on three straight or uh, three championship teams who has started alongside Stars and who seems to just be having a good time in Cleveland right now. He's shooting threes. He's getting his minutes and seems to be a decent veteran uh, mentor. He's only on a $4 million contract. There are ways that you could easily get JaVale McGee from the Cleveland Cavaliers. Maybe Anthony Simons, a guy that's not really in the rotation anymore. A guy that I said should be traded last year. You told me I was crazy. This guy's the future. Barely ever plays. He doesn't Trade play. him. Yeah. Let's get a big guy. They need somebody that's going to help defensively. And I think it could be somebody on the Cavaliers. They've got centers. Bequeath them to the rest of the league. Yeah, Lee, you've been trying to work the trade machine with the Blazers, getting them a big all season long, and now they could really use one with no Nurkic. They still don't have Zach Collins, of course, as one of their other young bigs. So, uh, do you see something there in the trade machine, like yeah, yeah. Uh, like Trey is saying, either the Cavs or maybe you have another potential target? I'm working it feverishly here, trying to get that deal because exactly the Cavs have a, a glut of big guys, but the problem is most of them, apart from Javale McGee have a problem. The drama just costs too much, $28 million. So yeah. you have to throw out uh, an enormous salary to match that one there. And obviously, Jared Allen, I don't think he can even be traded straight away. Uh, I think he would be the one they would love to get because he's a young star. But Good I don't luck think... with that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. The Blazers aren't going to... Uh, the Cavs aren't going to give him up. So I think JaVale is the guy who's most likely they can get because he's only on a four-year uh, contract. So yeah, it would cost you Nasser Little or, um, or Anthony Simons. But again, if you're the Blazers... You can afford to give up at least one of those guys, and then you're going to have to find some other sort of contract filler in there as well, just to just to make it work. But yeah, the the thing is, uh, as you guys are mentioning there, Ennis Cantor, he can fill in that gap for a brief time, but going forward with him long term is just not going to work. So the Blazers have to figure out something else, and uh, I think that their best option is to have to give up one of their younger players who's shown talent, but in order to uh, sort of save this season or preserve this season as best they can. They're going to have to get some help pretty quickly in their Harry Jaws. 
we all like him. We all think he's got talent, but and now throwing him into a role where he has to play heavy minutes and be a very, very impactful defender is going to be a big ask for him. I don't quite think he's ready for that challenge just yet. So they uh, they need some help. But again, when 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 guys have got so you know contracts are just so big right now for those star players, it's very very hard to get one of those players without having to give up a lot in return. Yeah. You know, and and I think Andre Drummond, I think he's gettable if if as far as the Cavs are prepared to trade him. But uh, what are you going to give back in return? You know, they simply they, you know Rodney Hood, they just signed him, but I don't think he's going to be what the Cavs are looking for. So. You know, it's going to have to be uh, one of those guys on a smaller contract, and I think JaVale fits that bill. And I think JaVale would be decent for them. You know, we've seen him now. He's got that championship experience, and he's matured as a player, certainly to the point where it's like you would get a professional out there who knows he's got to block shots, grab rebounds, and he can do that stuff. And his offensive game has expanded somewhat, a little bit, a little <laughs> bit. So, uh, you know, I think I think that's the most likely scenario here as a sort of as a, as a short-term gap for the Blazers that they get an experienced veteran come in who can have an impact on the team without sacrificing, uh, obviously, one of their bigger contracts. But, yeah, this is a tough one for Yusuf uh, Nurkic. He's, uh, you know, just come back from that 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 big uh, broken leg that he had, uh, and he's also dealing with some issues back home in Bosnia, apparently, which is uh, part of the reason why he hasn't had a great start to this season. So you certainly wish him all the best. And uh, it's just it's such a blow when a guy comes back from an injury, starts playing well like he did down in the bubble, and now he's out again for who knows how long. Who knows? This yeah. one, no. Uh, could be a few could be a few weeks could be a few months really we're not really mm-hmm. sure yeah are there any other potential center targets like not the Cavs tasks that come to mind like is there anything with the Hawks like could you get crazy and try and get a a Collins or a Capella from Atlanta is there a re, uh, reuniting LaMarcus Aldridge back somehow in Portland Ooh. as one of their bigs how uh, or Al Horford I'm sure could be um, you know, somehow taken from OKC for a bunch of uh, picks. <laughs> uh, you know, Presti would like that. PJ Tucker, another name uh, you could throw out there if you go like really like what Houston did last year. Anyone else I'm forgetting or any of those that like intrigue you at all? Well, I guess Aldridge and Al Horford bring that same sort of problem. They make a lot of bucks. Yeah. Uh, so that would be an issue. But uh, yeah, PJ Tucker is still on that very, very cheap contract uh, for him. Uh, what, what is he at? He's still around like. 10, 11, 12 or something, right? I think so. Eight, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, don't was, he signed that four-year 36, on, yeah. was it? 7.9 million he's on. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was a declining contract. Yeah, yeah. sign him up. Yeah, that sort of makes sense. I mean, you're going to be super small. But uh, he's used play. to it. Yeah. yeah. Loves that, playing super small. The problem is that the Blazers also just gave away two first-round picks for yeah. Robert Covington right. over the offseason. So that's going to be tough. Another target suggested in the stream team. Could they call the Orlando Magic for Mo Bamba? Remember Mm. Mo Bamba? He's still around. He's very tall. Not dissimilar to a Harry Giles-like player. Super hyped in high school. This guy had a song that was a hit song made about him before he played a game in the NBA. Hasn't done much, but maybe he just needs the opportunity as well. Yeah, those are all uh, you know potential targets. I guess we'll see if they do anything, or maybe they just like at least at the start say, "All right, Harry, let's go, man. Let's uh, let's see that high school potential. Uh, let's play some defense here and get out and run." We'll find out. Uh, the Pacers, by the way, Sabonis, as I said, 23-15. Brogdon, also 25-7. and These guys are playing without Karis LeVert uh, in this game. He is not there yet. Like, all these guys got to pass their physicals before like these guys can come to this team, to their teams, their new respective teams. So big win, though, from Indiana. They led by 25 in like the second quarter and sort of just maintained that little double-digit lead for the rest of the way. A good, good victory in Portland, where they hadn't won in a long time. Um, so Indiana, man, I'm telling you, jump on board. 
They're a fun <laughs> team to watch, and they're good. They really are. All right, let's keep it going here. Rockets rally past the Spurs 109-105 in their first game without Harden. Yeah, short-staffed, but they got the victory there on TNT. Trey, big takeaway. Uh, what a feel-good win for the Rockets this is. It's like you're saying, the first game post-James Harden, they're playing a rival in the Spurs. Conditions are perfect, but y'all... This is Christian Woods' team now. He's a total <laughs> two-name guy. I don't think anybody calls him Christian. I know nobody calls him Wood. It's always Christian Wood, and he was straight up balling last night. 27 points, 15 rebounds, five threes, and a legendary interview after the game when he called Shaquille O'Neal a casual. Oh, <laughs> right in his face. I mean, to be fair, I said, I don't know if Christian Wood is just getting numbers for the Detroit Pistons. He started uh, playing really well last season. After all the trades with Andre Drummond and John Henson, and it kind of just seemed like, yeah, big guys are going to score a whole bunch when you're, big guys are going to score and rebound a whole bunch when you miss a bunch of shots, and there's not a lot of offensive talent to go around, but this guy looks like the main piece for Houston right now, because yeah, John Wall has played well. He didn't play last night, but he's played well. He's still uh, on the tail end of the prime of his career. He's still recovering from injuries, and he's obviously on that huge deal. As we saw, the Rockets targeted picks over players with regards to the package they chose for James Harden. But uh, at least Christian Wood seems like a quality building piece. The guy was stroking threes last night. He was making plays off the dribble. He plays vertically as well. He's definitely a new style center. 215 pounds, they said. This guy is skinnier than J.E. Skeets, but (laughs) this was a fun game to watch. The traded superstar bounce is very similar to the fired coach bounce. Everybody goes out and wants to prove that they are not the reason this team is bad. Every NBA player is good, as we've said before. Jay Sean Tate showed out last night. Sterling Brown hit some big shots down the stretch. If you're a Rockets fan, after the Harden Days night saga that has roiled the team for months, you got to be happy that now James Harden is gone and you went out and your new guy that you brought in over the offseason dominated on a national TV game. That's awesome. Yeah, it was a, it was a fun game down the stretch. You know, DeRozan had a pretty good look there, I guess, to, uh, to tie it up, but... Uh... Yeah, Sterling Brown taking Harden's spot, 23-7-3. You're right, Trey. I mean, all these guys, given the opportunity, can generally perform. And uh, Jayshon Tate, Jayshon Tank, that guy, man. Guy's built uh, 13-10-5 for him. So this is a a great victory, and I love the Wood. uh, Yeah, I'm going to call him Wood. Uh, You're a casual line to Shaq, who didn't hear it, by the way. eh? Like, Shaq had no idea he had said that to him. Um, but yeah, come on, you should know who he is. <laughs> uh, I think I'm I'm okay with Shaq not knowing well, who he is. Shaq doesn't. They're, he knows like two players on each team. I bet. Yeah, but the yeah. Pistons are never on national television ever. They weren't They're even on price. TNT last year once. Right. So it's it's not part of his job description. He doesn't have to talk about the Pistons. D- that that's true. I mean, he has been on the Rockets all this season, but yeah, uh, he scored he's, twenty in every game except for one. I, I I understand what you're saying though. He's it's, played nine games with the Rockets. It's true. Yeah. It's true, but. It, the funniest part is when guys on TNT don't know anybody's name. Uh, but uh, yeah, and this one, yeah, Christian Wood. But as a lot of people thought, yeah, maybe he's just overachieving on a Pistons team, especially when the majority of those games were coming off the bench playing against backup guys. Yeah, but That's why scouts are good, and they realize that this guy can play. And unfortunately for the Pelicans, they released him in 2019. That would be an, had an amazing fit for them if he was their starting center right now and probably a lot cheaper. Uh, yeah, the, the, uh, you know, he's kind of, you know, Hassan Whiteside has dropped off, but he is a big man that kind of bounced around summer league, that kind of thing. And now he's found his way with Houston Rockets. Felt good for Steven Silas there last night, right, lately? To get that victory with the hearted thing, you know, in the rearview mirror and to go on national TV and 
all these guys and a lot of people, uh, Shaq and casuals, uh, have no <laughs> idea who half these guys are, and they and they put up a, a great fight against, so, you know, uh, a, a team in the Spurs that always put up a good fight and were right there, right there as I said, down to the end. That's uh, I felt good for, I felt happy for him, Stephen. Yeah, Zell. he's been in such a tough spot since he took yeah. over that coaching job because he can't trash James Harden. He wasn't going to do that, but he also needed to move on from that situation that he knew was a lame duck status. So now that they're out, they go and get a big win against a big rival, and Pop was not happy after the game no. as well. He said four or five of his guys were out to lunch. It had nothing to do with offense <laughs> or defense. It was in between the ears, he said. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but I think you could honestly... if. If you've watched Rockets games this season, last night there was certainly like the the pressure had been released from that team that they were just playing freely and the, and that finally that situation had been resolved, especially to do it without John Wall, who has been playing decent for them this season. It was just like, all right, finally we can move on now. We know what's going to happen with this team going ahead. So that was good for them. But uh, Jay Sean Tate was another one who spent last season in Australia's NBL. Mm. So uh, that's uh, him, him and LaMelo Ball. Uh, it's great to have those guys out there playing out uh, well in the NBA. It's great great for the NBL, which started last night, by the way, the NBL season. If you want to watch more basketball, <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Who's you... looking good this year? Yeah, who you, who you uh, got your eyes on? I think the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Uh, oh, I wonder the... why you picked them. Yeah. <laughs> they I'm sent sort of, you a I'm, jersey. Yeah, I know. I, sh- I can't believe I haven't got it on. I should go and get it. But, uh, yeah, it's great. The NBL... Um, it, last season was great. Great exposure for the NBL. So uh, ha- happy to have it back. Awesome. All right. Our next game in the NBA from last night. Shake Milton sparks the 76ers past the undermanned heat. 125-108. Task, big takeaway. Well, yeah. Shake Milton was phenomenal. And I think this whole team was uh, ready to move on after, uh, you know, the Corona uh virus tracing that's been going through their locker room and just all of the rumors going on with Ben Simmons being potentially dealt for James Harden. I think this team just came out focused, especially Shake Milton had missed three games uh, and uh, he had a blast out there. And I think he, uh, you know, he's not the front runner for six man. I think that could be Terrence Ross. Uh, I think Joe Harris could have a shot if he goes to the bench hmm. with the big three in Brooklyn Chris Boucher, he's got to be starting for the Raptors soon, so he's not going to be six man. We'll get to that soon. Jordan Clarkson is up there, but Shake Milton, it's nice when the talk preseason actually comes true because mm-hmm. Daryl Morey and Doc Rivers were saying, look at this guy in our camp, man. This guy is phenomenal. Usually that person is just sort of being bigged up by his, his uh, front office or his coaching staff or whatever, and that player is you know the same player that he was the year before, but Shake Milton... Uh, he is incredible, and and I think he took it a little bit personally. You know, the the deal was for Ben Simmons, uh, but you know the the rumors I should say were for Ben Simmons. But Shake Milton would have had a, a you know a far reduced role if James Harden came there. So I think Shake Milton had something to prove yesterday. He he has lived up to everything that Doc Rivers and Daryl Morey said in the preseason. They said he was amazing, and he is absolutely that. He is a a ball handler for them. Uh, could be playing in crunch time. He's really grown since last year. He's. Uh, He's a baller. I mean, he he is he's going to be their sixth man, no doubt. And uh, I think he's going to win that the sixth man of the year when it, when it's all said and done. Wow, there it is. Yeah, thirty one last night. They missed his playmaking for sure. He's good in the pick and roll. He's got some chemistry with Dwight Dwight Howard of all guys. They got a nice little one too going when they go pick and roll action. He he was fantastic in this. Yeah, the Heat, as I said undermanned again i mean they don't have any of their guys uh like just nobody that you know on the heat really are playing for them outside of really like tyler hero but good good victory there with not Embiid and Sim- like simmons had like uh did simmons get a triple double yeah, in the end? Did, i think yeah, he did but yeah. like not monster lines 
by any means from Joel Embiid or uh, Ben Simmons Lee and they still get the victory with everybody else contributing I was very impressed with Ben Simmons response to the trade because mm-hmm. he kind of pouted the other night he didn't look like he was into it and he goes out there last night against a, a shorthanded team for sure but gets a triple double but also the way he spoke after the game he yeah. kind of acknowledged it he said this is a part of business you know I just can control the things I can control and this is someone who I mentioned the other day hasn't responded well to sort of snubs in the past from Basketball Australia. And I think this would have been a a tough blow for him to deal with when he realized, like, they tried to trade me for James Harden. It didn't happen. So the best response you can do is to just accept and understand that was part of the business and then go out there and play on the court the best way you can. And and I thought he had a very good performance last night, again, to go and get that triple-double. That's the best way to sort of silence everyone and to just move on and say, yep, I mean, that happened, but it didn't happen in the end. So I'm just going to go out there and do what I do best. And uh, he was good last night. Again, I mean, he he didn't have to go out there and destroy the other team. He just had to play and show that he was probably the best player on the court there last night. And uh, and I think he did that. So very, very impressed with his response to uh, his first sort of real, uh, you know, issue where he's have to, the team has basically said, we tried to trade you. But we didn't, so yeah. now we're going to move ahead with you. Yeah, I would mean, you say he put the toothpaste back in the tube? <laughs> <laughs> he did. I would say he did do that. Yes, you said I, ninety-nine I, times out of a hundred, it can't be done. That means one time. One time. That was the one time. And, and honestly, like I say, I, I didn't think he would have responded so quickly, so well to that. I thought it would have taken him a few days to sort of to deal with it because it must be tough when you're a star player. You got the big contract. You're an all-star. And then all of a sudden, the team's like, yeah, but we think there's someone better than you, so we're going to trade you. I mean, it must be hard to deal with for a young player. Totally. But, uh, but not even just Simmons. Like, other guys on that roster, sure. names are being thrown out. Like, yeah. young guys, right, at that, in Maxi and Thibault. Yeah, it yeah. either does one of two things. All those trade rumors, they have an effect, I think, on the guy's psyche in the locker room. It's like, it either, once it's done and doesn't happen, it's like, yeah, you struggle to move on from it, Lee, like you are saying, as we thought maybe would be the case with Ben Simmons. Or it, like, can galvanize a team, I, li- I think, a little bit, too, like... All right, we're all here. Let's let's go. Let's go to war, at least for now. Um, yeah. and, Remem- and, you know, sort of brings them together a little bit more. It can do that. Re- uh, remember can- when uh, Anthony Davis was basically being traded to the Lakers yeah. and, and Kuzma and uh, Lonzo Ball and Ingram? Those guys basically said, like, we felt bad in the locker room because the Lakers were like, yeah, we're trading all you guys for Anthony Davis. Then it fell through. Right. So they had to sort of move ahead. Knowing that the team, I mean, Magic Johnson, I think it was basically said, yeah, we're going to trade all these guys. You can take whoever you want. We want Anthony Davis. And it fell through. And that did create division within that locker room and created a bad environment. Yeah. So, uh, so far, so good. One game for the Sixers. Again, taking on the Enderman Heat. They got it done. All right. Next one. Jokic and the Nuggets hold off Curry and the Warriors. 114-104 win. 10-point win there for Denver. Lele, what do you got? This was uh, an impressive victory from the Nuggets because they've been inconsistent this season. And after that first five minutes or so, the Nuggets, it was a it was a wire-to-wire victory from like the 44-minute mark onwards. Uh, and that's something we just haven't seen from them this season. They haven't really been able to sort of close teams off. The Warriors, Steph Curry was great, uh, but too many turnovers, too many sort of sloppy passes. And the Nuggets cashed in on those, I thought, last night, which was something they need to do. They need to be a team that beats teams like the Warriors because they're a better team than the Warriors. Mm-hmm. And we just haven't seen that so far. So Jokic, triple-double, very good performance again by him. And finally, I just sort of watched the Nuggets and I thought, this is closer to their better, the, the best version of themselves. They're still missing a few players, of course, but that's what they need to be like. And uh, Jokic, yeah, he, he's just a beautiful player to watch out there on the court. And they got a good victory. So uh, mm-hmm. it's taken them a couple of weeks here to show up. Jamal Murray still can't shoot. 
but I think they're starting to find it. I think so after that. Oh, they'll probably go out and lose their next game by 20 points. But, uh, you know, because the Warriors are, are a tricky team right now. They're a very tricky team, especially with Draymond out there. It just gives them a completely different look. And that was the sort of game where it's like, you can see the Nuggets at home blowing this one, but they didn't do that. So good on the Nuggets for getting a uh, somewhat convincing victory. I always love to see how a coach and a team tries to take on a squad like the Warriors that's really a one-man offensive show. Like, And what I mean by that is, do you try and take away Curry and make everybody else try and beat you? Or do you actually let Curry get his? You can't stop Curry. You can only hope to contain him. And take away everybody else. Uh, and I think that's what they sort of, the Nuggets sort of did in this one a little bit more. But I love that sort of debate. Like, you know, you see, we've seen, of course, how the Raptors play like a Curry and how they play like a Lillard and stuff like that. And other teams do. I just love like which one, and eh, maybe it changes from night to night. And maybe you need to mix it up, Trey. But it's uh, sort of fun to watch. Like, no, let, let Curry's going to get his, but just take away everybody else. And, and the points aren't going to be there in the end for, to get, for that team to get the victory. Well, unfortunately, everybody else is the problem for the Warriors, and that's why it's time for them to make a change in the starting lineup. You cannot play four non-shooters with Steph Curry. I know Andrew Wiggins is stroking it right now. He's almost at 40% from three, but he's still not a guy that inspires fear in the hearts of a defense. When he catches the ball out there, you're like, okay, shoot it, bud. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'll make it because you're not going to be making a play. It's It should be a pick and roll with James Wiseman or... Draymond Green every single time down the court. David Lee needs to be into the starting lineup for Kelly Oubre Jr., I would say. David Lee, I love it. David Lee, sorry. (laughs) I wrote down down D. Lee. I know. I wrote down D. Lee. Give me Damien. We've been talking about Mello being the new Mello. Damien Lee is the new D. Lee. They're calling him that. The new D. Lee for the Warriors. Wow, yeah. Yeah. Don't just put D. Lee in your notes if you're an old (laughs) man. But I know Steve Kerr doesn't want to do it. He doesn't want to play hero ball, but... When you're going up with James Wiseman, who has an athletic advantage over Nikola Jokic, that should be a rim run every single time. They should have had Jokic in the pick and roll every single time down the court because that's the easiest way for the the, the Warriors to generate points. It's like, why are you having Steph Curry set screens? That's what you've done for years, and it's worked for years, but you had Klay Thompson out there. There's nobody else to take the attention off of Steph Curry. He cannot carry the team entirely because he's the only guy that can get a shot for anybody. Maybe David Lee would help on the short rolls, finding guys in the corner. But I think it's time now. The offense isn't quite good enough. They didn't have it defensively. It's been a long week for the Warriors. I think they played five games in eight weeks. Now they got three days off to kind of rest and recoup. It's tough going into Denver, no doubt about it. But I've seen enough of this bad offense when you got one of the best offensive players out there. Maybe we'll, maybe Steve Kerr will uh, take your advice there and they start switching it up a little bit. Yeah, they've played a lot. You're right. Over the last uh, eight days. Five? Is it five games? Holy man, that is a ton. Uh, well, our final game from last night. Raptors hold off the Hornets to snap a two-game losing streak. They got the victory, Tass. It wasn't all that inspiring, though, scoring 12 points in the fourth quarter, though there were some good takeaways for Raps fans. What's your big one? Sure, yeah. It feels a little bit like the Raptors. It feels like some second tier guys you know some of those guys deep on the bench are starting to play you know it's a bit of the raptors culture i'm not even going to say the miami heat oh i just did but the raptors have that same culture as well right you got utah watanabe out there uh balling yeah uh, he played kyle well. lowry yeah he's he's just a he's just a tough sob out there uh, i remember last year when we were at uh, the chicago's all-star game we happened to see utah watanabe in a, in a lobby of a hotel uh very unassuming uh, you know, we just walked by. I think it was Trey and I. And I was like, yeah, that's Utah Watanabe. <laughs> no one was talking to him. No. Um, 
uh, I love how Kyle Lowry. Watson Lowry's... lobby in the lobby. That's yeah. bars. <laughs> <laughs> Watson lobby. Um, yeah, uh, Kyle Lowry calls Watson lobby. Says the team calls him Bobby Webster, who is the Raptors GM, because he kind of looks like. <laughs> yeah, a little you know? bit. They're both very it, handsome men. They are handsome men. Webster, yeah, I think uh, comes from Japanese descent as well. And my man Dave Sutton said Utah Watanabe reminds him of Jorge Garbajosa. I, I think that's pretty fitting. Like he gets on the floor. Uh, he moves the ball. He can put the ball on the floor as well for a few dribbles. He just makes the right play. There's that mm-hmm. inbound in the first half uh, where it looked like they were going to lose the ball, but Watanabe just made the, a smart play to, to to steal it. Like He's just great. And Eric Kareen actually has a great write-up on him on The Athletic. But I want to talk about Chris Boucher, who is – uh, he's just he's a blast to watch he's he's 28 years old he blossomed really late in the league he he you're talking about the uh, the golden state warriors and a, and a little gem that they had uh, he was on their g league team he was a two-way mm-hmm. player for them i think he got a, a ring back in 2018 he played like half a game for them but i think he got a ring and then he went to the raptors and won a ring he keeps starting in second halves because <laughs> they just don't have a great sending a center role like they don't they don't have a good spot uh, for Aaron Baines to find anything. He can't get anything going. And so Boucher comes in and balls out. He had 25 and 10 in this one. And I wonder at some point, even though he's foul prone, and, and it sure makes sense to start him in the second half, does Nick Nurse turn to Chris Boucher? Because that guy can shoot the three, stretches the floor. He's confident as hell. Uh, and he's Canadian. So I, you know, I, lo- I love the guy. Uh, so I would like to see Chris, don't call me Bobby Boucher, as uh, the Nuggets broadcasters once called him. Uh, to start, get him in there. He's he. I, I think they need they need some some hope, some help on the offensive end because Aaron Baines just ain't cutting it right now. And Alex Len wasn't in this one, but he ain't cutting it right now. Uh, but yeah, it, it felt a little more Raptor like. And now they have a quote unquote home stretch here uh, in Tampa where they're going to play right. some games. So uh, everybody, uh, everybody, kind of you know they played hard. They played hard, and that's uh, all you can ask from this Raptors team. I think they're going to get wins. Uh, Lowry's quote, let me read this for, about Utah Watanabe because I just saw it out of the side of my eye. Uh, the kid is playing so car- so hard. He plays so hard. Then he talked about everything he does. Then his last line was, he just plays with an extreme hardness. That's right. Hardness, baby. That's what the Raptors got to play with. And uh, they can get they can get back. Right, Skeets? They're 3-8, and eight, but they can get back to 500. They can do it. It's the greatest 3-8 and eight team in NBA history. You all know that. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a brutal fourth quarter. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was rough. Dude, they scored 12 points, that. 5 of 23, 1 of 11 from deep. I mean, you saw a lot of zone from the Hornets. You're going to see a lot more of it on Saturday, I would think, uh, when they play again because it was working, uh, that 1-3-1 one, one zone. Uh, so hopefully the Raptors are a little better prepared. But Boucher, you're right, Tass. I want to know, Lee, um, does Australia still consider Aaron Baines uh, one of theirs, or is he back to being a New Zealand boy? Because, yeah, that's what I thought. You are sending him back to the other island. Oh, man. It's yeah, rough. He- he can't uh, he can't get into his groove right now, that's for sure. Uh, in and out of the lineup a little bit doesn't help, but uh, when he's been out there, he hasn't been great. But uh, they need him. They need him because if he's at his best, I think it's great for the Raptors to have a big guy who can defend and stretch the floor, floor a little bit because that's what he did in Phoenix. But haven't seen that Aaron Baines yet in Toronto. Um, yeah, I, I, think, I still believe in him because he's a, a very professional player. He keeps himself ready to go. He can, take, he can ride the pine a little bit and take those DNP yeah. CDs. He'll be ready to go when he's called upon. And uh, mark Mate, my he words. He can't catch the ball. Okay, he mark. can't rebound. He can't. I don't think I've ever seen him <laughs> grab a rebound with two hands. He taps, taps, taps. He does that. Like he's Dennis Rodman out there. And 
<laughs> I hate to say it, but like he ain't stretching the floor. That guy's clogging up everything. Like yeah. you and your morning poop. Because, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Because uh, there's just he's just there and like already it's rough for the Raptors. Like Siakam and guys driving in there and it's like, oh well, I'm just yeah. running into Bainsey now. I mean it's bad. Yeah. Well look, I eat a lot of flop fiber, so I don't clog it up too much. But uh with Bainsey <laughs> The thing is, look, he came in late. He came in late to the season, didn't really get a chance to uh, figure out the system, and they started off badly. I'm not making any excuses for him. I'm just sort of saying this is the situation. It's <laughs> <laughs> me we're showing to everybody who listens to um, podcast. But uh, like, like I say, Bainesy, I, I, I think he will get it together at some point, and you'll see the impact and see why the Raptors signed him to a two-year, $15 million deal, because... He, for Australia, uh, he really understands how to sort of fit himself into the role. And yeah, uh, I think yeah. he did that. He's done that in the NBA and other stops. Uh, it's just he hasn't been able to do that yet in Toronto. But uh, look, if don't if you want to um, not punish yourself, do not watch the fourth quarter of basketball last night between the Hornets and the Raptors. That was one of the ugliest quarters I have ever seen rough. in basketball. But this is, goes back to what I was saying sort of the last week or so with the Raptors is they... They got the win, and that, I think, is just really, really important here because the Raptors have been losing games that have been unlosable. Last night, they clung on for dear life. I think Matt Devlin said that, actually, at the end. He said, the Raptors hang on for dear life. Him and Jack are still having a great time in the commentary box as well. <laughs> oh, Jack so Armstrong is oh, on my fire. God. Devlin, you know how Devlin calls out like a Canadian city when, when <laughs> yeah, a Raptors yeah. player hits a three? He dropped. A, I'm trying to remember the name of the city that he called, but he said like, yeah. uh, like let's just say he said like Fort Weston, yeah. and then Jack's like, where is that? And Devlin, you could tell, had no idea where it was because he had just seen a tweet that somebody said, "Hey, can you give a shout out to?" I think it was Fort Pleasant or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And like yeah. then he's like, Jack, you hear Jack going, "Are you googling it?" And he's like, <laughs> Devlin's like, "No, no, like for the tweet." Oh, they are, they are, they are gold. They're comedy gold. Uh, and that's the thing you it. wouldn't think the team is three and eight based on the way that their yeah. chemistry is rolling. So, uh, well, Jack uh, Armstrong, he's all worried about Saturday, right? Because the Bills are playing. He is a huge Buffalo Bills fan. And I think the I think the Raptors game is on at the exact same time there, Tass. Yeah. So he's going to be in trouble there, yeah. Yeah, I think the Raptors, considering basketball is the shortest of the four major sports, will be long done before the Bills game is oh, done. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's an 8 o'clock start for the Bills. I'm, I assume the Raptors aren't starting at 8. It's probably like a 7.30. Probably a 7, maybe a 7. You got a nice yeah. quarter and a half. Probably a second half of the Bills game. Football's okay. long. Okay, good, good. All right, so that's five games, one thing. Great stuff, guys. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Let's get to best of the week, I think. Ladies and gentlemen, the best of the week. Uh-huh. What's going on here, Tass? Week two and we've gotten rid of worst of the week? 
Yeah, it's a little bit in the spirit of Trey Kirby. Let's be a little positive here in 2021. Best of the week this week is Jason Doyle. Oh! The man on Wednesday stepped up to the plate and hit back-to-back-to-back-to-back jacks. He was a quadzilla. He went fofo, fofo. He hit four shows out of the park, producing four shows. Uh, So, J.D., that that was fantastic stuff. However, (laughs) I'm not going to pretend that I'm a positive Pete. Uh, J.D., you're also worst of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, the worst (laughs) of the week. On one of those shows, our Beach Podcast, we found out that James Harden had been dealt (laughs) live on the air. So this is our reaction. Going to replay it for you here. This is our reaction to James Harden being dealt. Uh, And for those of you watching on YouTube, just watch JD's reaction right here. I mean, he's exuberant. What a weird, weird podcast this was. Has James hey, Harden? Oh, oh yes, yeah. yes, yes, he has. Brooklyn. 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 Whoa. Whoa. Wow, let's hear it. What do you got? You got well, well, Woj is just saying Brooklyn is acquiring James Harden. That's all they've got so far. Ah, uh, we got time. Let's just sit here for uh, a while. No, no, let's wrap this up. By the time we hey, got that this was, bad yeah, boy that up, was, and we're ready to do our emergency pod. Wow. One minute ago, that was Woj with Roma Shelburne saying that Brooklyn is acquiring him. So, yeah. Oh, let's just, my Who's going to get the next thing? <laughs> you could hear the excitement in the four of us. You know, we were very pumped. But JD, zero reaction. Uh, much... Much like a zero reaction the last decade and a half as we've done oh, a, a basketball I've watched show. that clip about a million so times. So did I. Lee. I watched it <laughs> so 10 good. straight times yesterday. And then people started adding like the Curve Your Enthusiasm yeah. music yeah. to it. And the Hello Darkness, My Old Friend. I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. Well, you know, as you said, it was the fourth show. The end of the fourth. No, the third no, That was the third. The third. I mean, show. the reason I, I think a lot of people made this observation was that you realized, ah, oh, oh my God, we got to do a fourth show <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. at that moment. We're seeing, we're seeing the wheels churn in there. That, yeah. Oh, and if man, it had it, literally, if it had happened at 30 minutes before, we yeah. wouldn't have had to do that extra show. We would no. have just been part of the show and that would have been it. And, uh, <laughs> Hey, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to say. <laughs> so I was wow. bummed. <laughs> I mean, well, you got best of the week as in addition to worst of the That's week. True. So congrats on nice. that. And I will say, I mean, that emergency podcast, biggest show we've ever done on YouTube That's in terms true. of people tuning in and stuff like that and watching it. Uh, we've had some of our biggest days ever, I believe, ever in terms of straight up podcast downloads because of all the content you're producing here and pumping out. So, uh so that's good, right? Yeah. Silver lining there. Hey, it's been a great week. A great couple of weeks at the Classic Factory. I'll say oh, that. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Ah, yes. Great clip. Great, great clip. <laughs> so, so funny. funny. <laughs> Just, you can, yeah, see the wheels turning, JD going, I'm going to need a goddamn drink here. Uh, now we got to talk hard enough for an hour. Amazing. Okay. We got a little top five fun here on the drop. What do you got for us, TK? Top five, top five, top five. Top five, top five, top five. Oh, baby. It's a top five Friday on a full squad Friday. We have been talking about James Harden and his trade from the Houston Rockets quite a bit. Of course, he made a trade request. Finally said it out loud in public. I've done everything I can for this city. I'm out of here. He's been traded. But 
While it was dramatic for us in the moment, is it the most dramatic trade request of all time? I think not. Mm. Here are your top five dramatic trade requests. At number five, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar requests a trade from the Bucks, a legendary trade request. Changed the history of the league forever, but this was a classy trade request. This comes from Thomas Bonk at the LA Times. In a suite of rooms at the Sheridan Hotel in downtown Milwaukee, after a dinner of beef wellington, red wine, and assorted cheeses, the National Basketball Association's most valuable player, the most dominant figure in the game, told his employers he didn't want to work for them anymore. <laughs> I love it! Kareem Abdul-Jabbar invites management out for a beef wellington and some cheese and then says, I am going to be leaving this team. Kareem told him, Lakers or Knicks? Of course the Knicks struck out. Kareem was traded with Walt Wesley to the Lakers for junior Bridgman, Dave Myers, Elmore Smith, and Lee, I know you love it, Brian Winters. <laughs> oh, shout out to Brian Winters. Yeah. <laughs> mustache! Yeah, wow. Brian I Winters did have a mustache. I still love how your father-in-law is still salty on that trade there, Trey. I can't believe they traded Alcinda to the Lakers, he said. <laughs> Let it go, can you Can you blame him, though? The rest is literal history. Five yeah. titles for the Lakers, 13 All-Star appearances in 14 seasons, three more MVPs. He's got a statue. I do think the Lakers won this trade, all things considered. <laughs> yeah. Probably. The only reason it's number five, it's before my time. It's even before Lee's time. This came out wow. in 1975. Just goes to show you. Trade demands have been around forever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was a dark Brian Winters for that. <laughs> hey, Brian Winters is a big Bills fan. The Brian Winters we know. Uh, <laughs> is Brian that the same Winters, guy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Brian Winters, uh, a Vancouver Grizzlies head coach once upon a time, too, oh, yeah, as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm hungry, man. I love me some beef Wellington. Oh, God. that's good, man. That I would love flaky it. pastry on the outside. It's hard I feel like to make, Danielle made a, a beef Wellington. Like eight years ago for a Christmas party, right? At Matty O's house. I'm still thinking about that beef Wellington. Wow. I think I've had one so since. Good. Too complicated. I bet you that's the last time I had one for sure. It's good. It's it's hard to do, say the chefs, apparently. It's a lot of work, I, I right. guess. I think that's a test for chefs is if, if they can oh. make oh. A, a Karimi Abdul Jabbar Wellington, a Karimi beef Wellington boo. Anyway, yeah, go on. <laughs> it's Karimi, you know, the mushroom paste. Anyway, it's go Karimi. on. <laughs> At number four, Eric Bledsoe tells the Phoenix Suns, I don't want to be here. I don't know if this was the first trade request via Twitter, but it's the most famous. October 22, 2017, three games into the season, Eric Bledsoe of the Phoenix Suns tweets, I don't want to be here. <laughs> Everybody knew it was about the Suns. They had yeah. got close to the playoffs in 2013-14. They brought in a bunch of point guards the next year. It was a failed experiment, and they were trending downward. The Suns got absolutely smacked those first three games. Combined margin of defeat, 92 points. As ABC 15 Sports reported at the time, then Phoenix GM Ryan McDonough asked Bledsoe about the tweet, and McDonough responded in a press conference. Bledsoe said he was at the hair salon with his girl, and he didn't want to be there anymore. <laughs> I don't believe that to be true. Neither did we. Uh, they, uh, the Suns sent him home a couple of weeks later. He was traded to the Bucks for... No one remembers. Brandon Knight. Brandon Knight? No. Greg Monroe and a first-round pick that <laughs> wow. eventually made its way to Memphis after being part of an Aaron Baines trade and an Ennis Cantor trade. Ended up being Desmond Bain, who was drafted oh. this season by the Grizzlies. Bledsoe, worst of the year on the starters in 2017-18. My favorite part about this request? The tweet is still up. This guy hasn't <laughs> deleted this tweet. Wow, respect for that. 
Exactly. <laughs> Most people, you know, they, they, they send a bad tweet and then they like take it down immediately or a little bit after at least. He left it there. All right. Maybe he Crazy. was at the hair salon. It's a good point. He's like, I'm sticking to my story. <laughs> I was at the hair salon. The I still don't like going. Stays. Yeah. Great stuff. At number three, Jimmy Butler's Media Blitz. The most recent on our list, this was a banger. And if this is number three, just imagine how good numbers mm-hmm. two and one are. After so the Bulls excited. traded Jimmy after literally the best season of his career, Butler reunited with his old coach Tom Thibodeau in Minnesota. It was all good year one. Jimmy, Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins, and some old Bulls won 47 games, broke a 13-season playoff drought. They look like a team on the rise. I remember the next season coming in, people were saying, they're going to win 55 games this year. Not so much in September. <laughs> The Athletics' Sham Sharanya and John Krasinski reported Jimmy had requested a trade in a meeting with Tom Thibodeau, but Tom thought he could work things out with Jimmy. Nope. Jimmy had requested to be traded to the Nets, Clippers, or Knicks since they had huge cap space. Woo! That's weird to think about. Anyways, a week before the season, Jimmy finally shows up at training camp. He teams up with the third stringers to beat the starters, all while berating the entire organization as he'd done it. You f***ing need me! You can't win without me! According to Woj, he dominated the gym in every way, and it wasn't over. Immediately after practice, Jimmy has a TV interview set up with ESPN Rachel, ESPN's Rachel Nichols, where he says, I'm not the most talented player on our team. Who's the most talented player on our team? Cat. Who's the most God-gifted player on our team? Wiggs. Who plays the hardest? Me. I play hard. <laughs> I put my body on the line every day in practice, every day in games. That's my passion. All I want to do is work hard and be the man. <laughs> he didn't say that, but he basically said that. You yeah. couldn't find a trade partner in time for the season to start. So Jimmy played 10 games with the Wolves that season. Eventually, he started sitting for general soreness. Remember that old oh, meme? Yeah. <laughs> oh, classic. Eventually, he was traded to the Sixers with Justin Patton for Robert Covington, Dario Saric, and a second rounder. Yikes. Wow. General Soreness was traded with General Patton. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would love to know what the uh, Wolves record is since that trade. It must be awful. I know they've had some injuries as well. but It's uh, bad. Oh, my God. Ugh. It's bad, and that was kind of like a stamp on the reputations of Carl yeah. Anthony Towns and yeah. Andrew Wiggins, right? That really, that whole month of November through December with Jimmy and the Wolves kind of sealed the fate of how people are going to be thinking about the Wolves until until they get back to the playoffs, which they are not close. No. All right, number two, Kobe Bryant makes his trade request in public. The year was 2007, and Kobe was done with the Lakers. Lakers were a 500 team after Shaq was traded in 04. Kobe led the league in scoring back-to-back seasons, 06 and 07. This is kind of black hole mambo when he was shooting all the time. Oh, yeah. In May, Kobe made a trade request on Stephen A. Smith's radio show. Apparently, he was mad that the Lakers hadn't included Andrew Bynum in a trade for Jason Kidd at the deadline the previous season, he posted on his website, KB24, that him and the Lakers didn't have the same vision. And then there was news about this mysterious video that was out there on the internet. Kobe allegedly trashing Mitch Kupchak and Andrew Bynum. It's the early internet, so it doesn't just get out right away. The people who <laughs> had this video tried to sell it to the Lakers. They tried to sell it to the New York Times. They tried to sell it to ESPN. According to Mark Stein, or, or sorry, according to Howard Beck at the New York Times, the video's owners claimed that a Lakers fan offered to buy the video and keep it private, but the people who took it wanted 
to instead charge $1.99 through their website to watch this video. Oh my god. <laughs> Super weird, right? <laughs> Eventually, uh, the video did come out. You can still find super grainy clips of it. The biggest line from this was Kobe talking about Andrew Bynes saying, ship his ass out, get him out of here. <laughs> and I mean, honestly, if you could have gotten Jason Kidd, maybe that would have been a good trade. Nonetheless, the Lakers shopped Kobe. He almost went to the Bulls. The Lakers wanted Luol Deng back from the Bulls, but Kobe wanted to play with Luol Deng in Chicago, so it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. That season, the Lakers swing a mid-season trade for Pau Gasol. Kobe wins MVP. Then they win back-to-back -back Laker titles. Kobe retires a Laker. He's going to soon have a statue. It's impossible to think of Kobe in a different uniform, but man, it was close. It was super oh, close. Yeah. But it goes to show you, not every trade request gets honored. You can yep. mend fences. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then as those early internet days went on, we... We saw those Kobe photos of pre-draft with, you know, a Boston Celtics shirt on and those kind of things. It just never, never, ever makes sense mentally to see Kobe in any other attire other than purple and gold. So weird. But number one, you already know, it's the Dwight Mayor. Uh -huh. <laughs> Started back in 2011 after the lockout, Dwight told the Orlando Magic he wanted to be traded to the New Jersey Nets. The Lakers are the Mavericks. The, Ma the Magic tried to convince him to stay. As Mark Stein and Chad Ford reported at ESPN, Howard is known for changing his view on the matter on a near daily basis. <laughs> and honestly, that's what it was like for the entire season. I feel like uh, during the 11-12 season on the podcast back in the TBJ days, we were talking about does White, does White want to be a Magic or does he not want to be a Magic? Does yeah. he? Does he not? Is he going to sign this thing? Is he not going to sign this team? They almost had a trade with the Nets. Would have landed Gerald Wallace back uh, to the Magic, would have paired Dwight with Darren Williams on the Nets, and apparently they wanted to sign Gilbert Arenas with the cap space they were going to have. Mm. But the reports were that Dwight, Dwight wanted a trade. Dwight wanted a trade. Dwight <laughs> wanted a trade. Dwight says, no, I don't. At the trade deadline, he signed in to be there the next season. I remember that. Everybody's like, huh? This guy's been talking about getting out for months and months and months, and now he's signing up for another year. Soon thereafter, the news was that Dwight was only going to stay if Stan Van Gundy was gone, mm -hmm. which culminated in perhaps the most awkward press conference in NBA history. Take a look. The only thing I'm ever uncomfortable with is bullshit, you know? And so to come in and no comment or deny that it's true and everything, I, I mean, the only thing I guess, David, that ever liberates me is just, you know, be honest and deal with what's out there. I, some people have a hard time with that, I guess, but... Uh, to me, that's a lot easier to deal with than bullshit. Well, obviously, it'll be a management decision. They have to make the decision, but but I ain't worried about that. So. Yeah, Stan, we're not worried about that, right? That's what I just said. We yeah, got to be worried about winning games. Yeah, what's our main concern right now? Jameer. We have to uh, stop Carmelo Anthony and the New York Knicks tonight. And the New York Knicks. That's exactly That's right. the plan, right? That is the plan. That's what yeah. I just said. Is Dave Ping here today, the guy who started this? BS. He's. I don't see Ping here. Me but, neither. Uh, are you guys done with uh, me? Yeah. Let's yeah. all can talk to him now. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Dwight, are the stories uh, true uh, about? Come on, man. Yeah, the, the stories from Dave Ping are true. Stan just said they were true. Yeah. What was true? Stan said that you wanted him fired. I said that? Yeah, that's what Stan said. Who did I say that to? According to Mr. I don't know. I'm, just I'm, I'm asking you, since you guys got so many sources. 
Oh. <laughs> I missed that. Oh. oh, my goodness. So good. What are we worried about? We're worried about how to stop Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> yeah. What a line by Stan Van Gundy. Two weeks later, Dwight had back surgery that summer. Orlando t- trades Dwight to the Lakers, where it was a disaster the first time around. The Lakers sent Andrew Bynum to the Sixers. He never played for them. Andrea Guadala went to the Nuggets, played one season before going to the Warriors. And the Magic got Nick Vucevic who will probably be Orlando's all-time leading scorer by the time he's done there. It just goes to show you don't really know who won a trade long until after it's happened because nobody was thinking, oh, man, the big winner in this one's the Magic. They got a franchise cornerstone. They did. Diet Pepsi had a good uh, PR out of that as well. (laughs) Everyone remembers that. But, uh, yeah, Vooch and and, uh, Diet Pepsi, those are the two winners of that trade. (laughs) I I got a question with that clip because I had never really noticed it maybe the first time. You know how Dwight, when he comes in and he puts his arm around Stan Van, and he goes, hey, Jameer. He's obviously calling out to Jameer Nelson, who's on the team, you know, one of the vets on the squad. Like, what do you think he's doing there? Like, is he saying, had he had talked to Jameer and, like, you know, I'm going to go crash Stan's, you know, uh, little scrum there, or I'm going to show some solidarity by doing it, or maybe Jameer was even like, you should show some solidarity. Like, he's obviously trying to get Jameer's attention to see him standing there with Stan Van, but I always wondered... Like what? What? Why is he doing that? What's he? What's he trying to prove there? No idea. Great question. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, like I, I again with Dwight, it could be one or the other. Like it was almost like a bet. Like oh, I'm gonna go blow up his scrum here. This will be awkward. Or the opposite of like no, I'll make everything look better and I'll go and put my arm around coach and then I'll call out uh, Dave Ping who's not there. Uh, who's uh, still he's making uh, golf balls somewhere. Um, so yeah, I don't know. But uh, what a weird. Awkward clip. Oh, awkward, it's, awkward clip. it's just so perfect that Stan Van Gundy's like, the only thing I can't stand is bullshitting. And yep. then Dwight just saunters <laughs> Hey, was somebody talking bullshit? I'm here, guys. Oh, so good. So good. Those are your uh, top five most dramatic trade requests in NBA history. Honorable mention, Anthony Davis. That's all, folks. Vince yeah. Carter with the Raptors. Pretty much the same as we've seen from James Harden here. Kawhi Leonard with the Spurs. Just weird. And Steve Francis, when he was drafted by the Grizzlies, he said, no, thank you. Yeah, uh, great list. Fantastic work there. Oh, that was TK. great. Let me, let me uh, jump in here. Um, comment during the top five from Dobromir Gospodinov, who's definitely not Russian. He said, JD getting worse of the week should have evoked that reaction, that Jimmy <laughs> Butler reaction. You f***ing need me. Yeah, not wrong. good stuff. No, nope, yep. not wrong. And I'm the hardest working. <laughs> good comments from Dobermere. Good stuff right there. All right. Well, speaking of trades there, dramatic trade requests, uh, let's, uh, you know, put a little uh, button here in the hearted trade because we got some emails and tweets. On Thursday's show, Trey, you asked if this will be called the hardened trade. This is from Greg Pace writing in. You asked if this will be called the hardened trade, even though his initial trade from OKC is called the hardened trade. I think in modern NBA history, there are two trades that are regularly referenced, the 2012 Harden trade and the 2013 Brooklyn trade where Boston gave up Garnett and Pierce for a cache of draft picks. I can't think of any other trades that are referenced by a single word. I think this new 14 blockbuster will be referred to maybe as a subconscious homage as a combo of both former trade names. It'll simply be the Harden Nets trade or the Harden Brooklyn trade. 
On one hand, it might get confusing, but on the other hand, everyone will instantly know what it means. Again, that's from Greg Pace in Columbus, Ohio. Thanks, Greg. Uh, what, what do you think, TK? Because you were the one wondering, how will we reference this trade? I mean, he's probably right. He, he, he <laughs> hits it all out of the park here. 2012, that's the Harden trade. 2013, the Nets trade, the Brooklyn trade, yep. the KG trade, whatever you want to call it. This one is both of those combined. So it's going to be the Harden-Nets trade. As for other one-name trades, there's yeah. a whole bunch of them on Wikipedia, but none of them are basketball. It's like the Herschel Walker trade, the mm-hmm. Eric Lindros trade. I was deep in the Eric Lindros trade last <laughs> night. Crazy how that trade really set up the Colorado Avalanche for their 1996 <laughs> and 2001 Stanley Cups. Am I right? That's somebody needs to get on the NBA. Somebody from the NBA needs to get on Wikipedia and get the Harden trade on there. Get the Harden trade part two on there. Get the yeah. Nets trade on there. We need some representation for the NBA crazy huge trades. Is Greg right, Lily? Is there really, you know, at least in the last 15 years or so, like, few trades that can be referenced by, like, one word, really, or one player? Well, the Vince Carter trade, because he basically sulked his way out of uh, Toronto and the Raptors didn't get much in return. Okay. I mean, that that's okay. the way yeah. I think about it. You agree? I think yeah, it's because you were in Toronto at the time, I think. I wasn't actually uh. in Toronto at the time. But, okay, uh, so. <laughs> I, 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 no, but, I, but I remember it because it was like... You were in London, England at the time. I was. Uh, the relationship had ended so badly, and it was like Vince was playing badly, like James Harden these last couple of days, pretending like, oh, man, I just can't play right now. I'm not doing well. And it was like, I think... Um, wasn't that also Alonzo Mourning said, I'm just not going to Toronto. He yeah. was in that trade and he's like, I'm not going. So He was it, the centerpiece. Yeah, yeah, it was Aaron Williams and uh, there was another Williams. Eric Williams. Eric Williams, yeah. And they got a draft pick that turned into Joey Graham, I believe. Um, oh, yeah. And that, Joey so, Graham should have been Danny Granger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I think- It was a great I, trade I, for the Raptors. I just think of that as like, you know, that was the, the, the worst moment of the sort of Vince Raptors relationship, which has been patched up. I think we all love Vince now. We've all moved on from it. But at the time, that was pretty bad because it was like yeah. Vince okay, was a fair. legit star, a legit star. And he was like, I want out. And then they didn't grant him that wish. And he said, all right, well, I'm just going to play my way out of here. Oh, it was even worse than that. It was like, yeah, I he wasn't trying all that hard. He basically told out the reporters that he was going to stop dunking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, he was like injured every third game oh, with yeah. like questionable injuries. Like maybe he was yeah. milking it a little bit. Maybe he wasn't. And then he gets traded. And he, like, starts balling his ass yeah, off yeah. for the Nets. Like, he's back to scoring, like, 25 to 30 a game every yeah. night and is back on, you know, SportsCenter with all the highlights. Yeah. That's a, yeah, you might be right, actually, now that I think about it. The VC trade, the Vince trade. Yeah. Uh, well, Lee, you're not over it because you were in London. What about us Torontonians? We're still not over it, man. We're yeah. Still... No, I'm kidding. We're all over it. We're all done with it. I you just know? got over it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, last year, I think I just got over the Vince oh, trade. I was, you were I a little was... bit ahead of me. Yeah, for sure. I was buying into uh, Eric Williams being a good Toronto Raptor, six <laughs> eight, a little here. undersized, little tweener, a little Gary that, Trentish. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You you could make an argument that this was the Pete Babcock trade because he was the GM, wasn't he? And it was like Rob, and it was, Rob Babcock. Oh, Rob, Rob, sorry, Rob. And it was like I can't believe that's all he got for Vince Carter because it was like surely when you look at you know what you could have gotten for him in terms of draft picks and assets. And the Raptors got nothing, which made it even worse. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't oh, yeah. get anyone back. And then you have a guy who's just like, nah, I don't care. I'm not going there. And yeah, <laughs> they had no real way of getting Alonzo to come and play there. So, yeah. <sighs> yeah. If, he, if Rob Babcock traded, he thought he was getting Alonzo morning. But, but yeah. at that time, nobody wanted to play with the Toronto Raptors. It was a crazy exactly. time. A uh, lot the- of players said no to Toronto. 
Yeah, and that to me was again. I think they had they would have had Chris Bosh at the time, but it was like this is just going to cost the Raptors the franchise at some point. Where it's like no one's going to want to stay and play yeah. with this team, and uh, that was the bigger issue for me. It was like they, how are they going to keep them? The Grizzlies are gone, and now Vince is gone. Well, Tracy Bosch, had left too, yeah. and obviously yeah. it was uh, starting to flourish yeah. down in Orlando. Yeah, yeah. No, but there isn't any any days. NBA trades that have like the Vince Carter trade. Okay, it's his name. You know, there's no like nickname for any trade. I, I wanted like a nickname. You know, like the the kaboom. I don't know something. <laughs> but the, but they're all a guy's just a guy's name. Yeah, that's yeah. the easiest way, I guess. Yeah, I know, for sure. <laughs> no, you're right. But you'd you're think right. one would come, like, yeah. the, the Beef Wellington for, for Lou Alcindor. <laughs> well, let's start calling, know. yeah, let's start calling that trade. Well, the what, Beef what, Wellington okay. trade. Wasn't, uh, wasn't the third time Will Perdue went back to the Bulls, the three-peat or something like that? I don't know. Am I making that up? I can't remember, but... Uh, Maybe Trey knows. <laughs> I, I don't know. For uh, a day, probably. I, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's I Will think Perdue. that's the three-peat you think of when you think of the 90s Bulls. The only, uh, the only like named trade, like you're saying, uh, if we were going to call the the beef Wellington trade on Wikipedia, was the white flag trade, which was when uh, like the Chicago White Sox were very close to the wild card and they traded all of their starting pitchers to the San Francisco mm. Giants, oh. but worked out for the White Sox, won a World Series in 05. Huh. And so nice. they call that the white flag trade because they were waving the white flag on that season? Is that Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, they were close. They could have make it, made a run to the playoffs is what okay. people are saying. They traded their top two pitchers. Okay. All right. Our next sort of Harden-related or Nets-related question here. This one's from Brian in Bloomington, Indiana. It's a who says no. Knicks get Kyrie Irving and Nick Claxton, while the Nets would get Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson, and Frank Nilakina. It works in the trade machine. The Nets would likely prefer Austin Rivers, but he is not available to be traded yet. Toodles, that's from Brian. Who says no? Because after Harden makes his way to Brooklyn Tass, a lot of people are trying to figure out a way to maybe move Kyrie Irving. Uh, and, and don't worry about a big three. Go with KD and Harden and get some other pieces. What do you think? Who says no to that? Wow. I'm seeing uh, comments in the team stream that are contrarian here. Somebody says, MB says Knicks say no. Patrick says Nets say no. I think the Nets say no in a heartbeat. Well, a lot of Knicks say no. I'm surprised at that. That people would say the Knicks would say no to getting Kyrie Irving. Come on. Uh, the I mean, they're giving would, up a lot, I guess, in this. Julius you know, Randle, Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell, I guess Robinson yeah. Mitchell Robinson would be the piece. I, I Julius Randle's having a very good year. Um, can he keep it up? Mitchell Robinson could be a, a future uh, you know, defensive stud, mm-hmm. but you're getting Kyrie Irving. I think K- KD would be very pissed off. Uh, they waited this long to play together. The year off, he joined to be with Kyrie Irving, a guy that he's complimented over and over and over and over again, saying like he is... You know, one of the the masters at his craft. He loves watching Kyrie. He's one of like the three guys that that KD names. He mentions Kobe. He he mentions Kyrie. I say three. I don't know who the third one is. I think I think maybe it's I don't know. But like guys that he loved to play with. He desired so much to play with. And then you trade him after you know eight games together. I I think you wouldn't want to do that. And you wouldn't give them one playoff together, one game together after all this time after that year where they're both injured. I don't think Sean Marks would even think about mm. doing that. So uh, the Nets say no. Even even though I understand where uh, Bryant's coming from, Mitchell Robinson in the lane would be nice for them. Frank Nielakina to balance out Kyrie and James Harden would be okay. But he can barely play for the Knicks, so I wouldn't get that excited. Unfortunately, Frank hasn't found his way. Frankie Smokes isn't smoking hot right now. Uh, but no, I'm not. I'm not buying this for the Nets. What do you think, Trey? Yeah, I also think the Nets say no, but I just wonder how sick must the Knicks be to see Kyrie Irving, 
Kevin Durant, and James Harden on a New York team that has no <laughs> draft picks for the future. They're like, that's our thing, man. We're supposed to be trading away our future for these superstars. I think this is um this is an easy no to me for the Nets. Julius Randle having a great season, but he's in a contract year. Like Tass is saying, Frank, Nilakina has potential to be a defensive piece for a team. And Mitchell Robinson seems to be a pretty good young center, but they just traded away a pretty good young center because they want to play DeAndre Jordan because he's friends with Kyrie and KD and James Harden. So I imagine it would still be the same case once Mitchell Robinson got to the Nets. So this is a no from the Nets for me, but I love it. I love the idea of the Knicks and Nets trading with each other. Is it ever going to happen? That'd be cool. That'd be very cool. Oh, what would we call that trade? Mm. Oh, oh, the subway, subway, subway swap. Subway swap. Yeah, subway swap. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Lee, just quickly. I mean, you're a huge Knicks fan. I'm sure you would want Kyrie Irving <laughs> on your team. Would you? Is that too much to give up from the Knicks side of things? Or I, I think Sean Mark says. Uh, let me get back to you in a week or so. Just, uh, <laughs> Hold on, let me just check in with Kyrie real quick. <laughs> because Kyrie is apparently on his way back, but apparently the Nets are not happy with his absence, which is mm-hmm. understandable. Um, and I think uh, once they get James into that lineup, and I think, you know, look, if you can replace Jared Allen with Mitchell Robinson, I think the Nets would be like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Julius Randle. Yeah, he can, he's... he's not playing too bad. I think the, I think Sean Marks doesn't just say, get the hell out of here. What the hell are you guys talking about? Who, who's the GM these days? It's not Scott Perry, is it? It's, um, oh, what's Leon his name? Rose. Uh, Leon, Leon Rose. Rose. That's right, Leon Rose. I think he's just like, Leon, uh, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll be, you know, I'm not saying no, I'm not saying yes. Let's just, uh, let's just see what happens in the next couple of weeks here. Okay, so he takes the call and he puts it in his calendar uh, or his, you know, his planner Call Leon back because he wants to check in with Kyrie. Exactly. And, like, exactly. In a couple of days. Okay. Exactly. Right, yeah. Let's hear from you guys. Yeah. Final one here. This one came through Twitter. It's from at Ning Bland. Serious question. <laughs> this is what he, how he prefaced it. When fans return to Rockets games, will they boo James Harden upon his return? It's a, it's a good question. Lee, what do you think? Is it going to be a Vince Carter in Toronto where he gets booed for the next decade? Or uh, no way. What do you think? I think he does at the start. I think he does because of the way that he left there, and that was by playing his way out of it. Now, in his last press conference, he tried to save face by saying, I love Houston. Basically, he's saying to the fans, Lo- you know, I love you guys. It's all good, but I'm out of here. This team is not good enough. And uh, and I think that fans feel that. They're like, come on, man. You, you could have been better at the end there. You you really did sulk your way out of town, and you took a little bit of a shot at the team there by saying they're not talented enough, they're not good enough. And I think he was a little bit ungrateful for what the Rockets had done for him over those last eight years. So I think, now look, they got a good haul in return. So that will appease the fan base somewhat. But they go from a team that was in the playoffs for the last, you know, seven or eight years to now maybe not in the playoffs for the next year or two. And I think fans will remember that. I don't think it'll be the same quite as Vince Carter that'll linger on forever and ever. But I think for the, whenever that does happen next, which is in a year or two, maybe, I think fans will just say, we've just got to get this out of our system first. But... I know the Rockets will send out like a big tribute video as well when he I is back there. I think they already did that. Yeah. yeah, but I mean when he's back in the yeah. actual building. They'll do that. The Rockets will take the high road here. But fans, we know they'll be like, no, nah, I've got to get this out of my system and then move on. Uh, what do you think, Trey? Oh, people love to boo. Of course they're yeah. going to boo. I mean, give it 10 years. If it's 10 years before fans come back, they're going to boo James Harden as soon as he gets there. Uh, it took forever for people to get over Vince Carter. Like Skeets is saying, it wasn't over for him until he watched Vince Carter score his 25,000th point <laughs> as an Atlanta Hawk down here. And he said, okay, man, all is forgiven. It's fine now. 
up until then, pure booze. And that's what it's going to be for Harden. When you pout your way out of a team, when you trash him on the way out, even if you're trying to save face there at the end, of course you're getting booed. Tass, you agree? Will they boo him in his first game back when, when fans are, I mean, I guess fans are allowed actually technically in, in Houston right now. I know they're doing a ladies night. I see them tweet that out every couple of days. Very weird. But anyway, uh, not that not it's weird that there's a ladies night. It's just <laughs> weird that you're tweeting out, hey, come to the arena in, in any instance right now. But when there's a bunch of people in that, in that barn, do you think they'll boo him in his first game? I mean, it is strange that they're doing uh, promotions for a time where. Yes. <laughs> uh, I guess the Mac. I, I just checked right now. As I, I, you said that they have fans in Houston. I, I don't know. I don't track uh, where they're allowing fans. But yeah, thirty-two hundred fans the other day. But yep. they still want to promote a ladies' night, huh? Interesting. Yeah, uh, it's like one of those like uh, four tickets, uh, four beers, four hot dogs type of things that you see all the time. Yeah, Which, for sure. Yeah. Um, of course they're gonna boo. Yeah, those 3,221 fans that were there the other night, they'd boo loudly. Yeah, people love to boo. So, yeah, if you get you get somebody booing beside you, you got to join in. You know, it's, it's not very often you get to make that sound. It's a good sound to make. It's a good time. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I'm actually going to disagree with you guys. I don't know if they do boo them. Um, a big part of it will be how the team, the Rockets themselves, are doing or playing whenever... Harden is back for the first time and, and people are in there and it's 20,000 people because that was the thing with the Raptors, right, Trey? Like, not the not maybe the initial boo, like, okay, that makes sense, but it continued for years because the Raptors sucked and you were like, either, you were like, well, let's just go tonight and boo Vince Carter because, uh, you know, we're not going to be cheering on our team because they were so bad for so long. Uh, so that was a big part of it. But I actually, I don't know. James Harden is like, what? Is he the third best Rocket player of all time? Maybe second? Yeah. Lee, Akeem, and Moses, Moses, I guess. Yeah. So he's either two or three. I don't know. If, I don't ah, know if they'll boo. Some boos, I don't man. know. He's getting some boos. I mean, they booed Kevin Durant when he left as a free agent from Oklahoma City. You know, and now they didn't get yeah. anything in return. Yeah. But Kevin Kevin Durant, I think, was within his rights to leave as a free agent. But he did join the Warriors as well, which I think upset people. But sure. But I, I just think James Harden again. He, he his attitude and his uh, body language in these yeah, last you're right. this season. It was just kind of like sticking his finger up to the fans. So fans and, and he went to Brooklyn pairing with like making a super team his own yeah. way after yeah. calling his own shot saying, trade me there. And then, yeah, okay, you guys are probably right. How long will it last? That's the real question. Whoa, Mac is back. You ever wish you could have it both ways? I do. Like a zero calorie cheeseburger or staying up late, but not feeling exhausted in the morning. Guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort. But you can have it both ways with Mack Weldon. Mack Weldon makes timeless apparel with modern performance fabrics for guys who want to look and feel sharp without sacrificing comfort. From their light-as-air underwear to innovative anti-odor tees and versatile yet comfortable pants, Mack Weldon has a full range of clothes that never go out of style. I've got some polos, some tees, some undies, and I love them. Simple, soft, stylish. In fact, I'm wearing Mack Weldon right now. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of modern life. They look like regular clothes, but feel like the latest in modern comfort. If you told me my silver PK polo was made from 100% cotton, I would 100% believe you. But those antimicrobial silver threads keep me feeling fresher longer. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with promo code NODUNKS. 
That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com, promo code NODUNKS. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Tweet of the Night comes from Australia? Yes, from the National Basketball League. Yeah, they just started their season. Uh, you are about to hear Connor Henry, who is head coach of the Adelaide 36ers in their first game. This is a huddle in the 36ers final, the fourth quarter, I should say, of their first game. This is Henry's first game as their head coach. Uh, And and as you see the tweet, um, he wasn't happy with the uh, James Harden-like behavior of his players. Listen. Here's Connor Henry. Crock gets it. Dribbles there. There's the first roll, it's there. You over dribble. You over dribble. You over dribble. You over dribble. You I've over dribble. You get over dribble and you have any fing plays. Well, I think I believe that there. Whoa, Connor. Whoa, Connor. 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 Uh, yeah, he got very, very angry at his players. He even pointed. He's a comedian, though. He pointed at himself yeah, and said, "I've over dribbled. You've over dribbled. We've all over dribbled." This is his first game as a head coach of the Adelaide 36ers. They got hammered. Uh, yeah, this is Connor Henry played in the NBA. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you remember him. But he had a he cup did. of coffee in the wow. 80s. Uh, so that, thanks for Liam uh, Liam Santa Maria, NBL broadcaster, sent that in. And Pewis Lane with the tweet there of. Uh, Connor Henry, yeah, and you could hear the the broadcaster turn it down. And oh yeah, start yeah. swearing. Oh, oh, he just dropped an f bomb on live television. Yeah, yeah. I think that was Andrew Gaze on the call. It sounded like oh, was they, were, it? they were like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I do like like the line where he says, "I've over dribbled." Is funny, but then he goes next level and says, "You over dribbled. You haven't even yeah. played." With yeah. a lot more expletives in there. That's a great line. Uh, all right, great tweet of the night. MBL man, we're we gonna start incorporating the MBL in the into the Daily Show. Yeah. Is it possible? Eh? Six and a half thousand fans socially distanced in attendance last night, which is okay. uh, which is great. Which is great. They're they're starting to get fans back, but you know, when's it going to be? When is it going to have full stadiums again? I don't know, and that's what's the problem here. Like Australia, they've basically eliminated the virus, and they're still taking a very cautious approach. Right. We're like two hundred thousand cases and four thousand deaths a day here, which mm-hmm. is just devastating for this no, country. But it uh, is not getting better right now. Oh, God. at all. Uh, pick and results in the NBA from last night. Our game was the Heat-Sixers game. That line was huge. It was 11.5 by Philly because we talked about it. The Heat were missing, you know, all their star players. Two of us picked the Heat to cover. Tass and Lee did. And uh, Trey and I took the Sixers in that big line. And they won huge. Uh, we knew something was up with that. That was, little, that was a little weird one there. So Trey and I get the victory. Tass and Lee get the loss. So here are the standings. I'm 8-7. and seven. Tass and Trey are 7-8. and eight. Lee are 6-9. and nine. Nice. So... 
it's close. Lots of lots of basketball still to be played. We might start betting on NBL games. Uh, who knows? But what's tonight's NBA pick'em game test? We are absolutely betting on NBL games. Tonight's game is the Adelaide 36ers <laughs> hosting the Melbourne somethings. Uh, the, the, the Knicks, pardon my ignorance. Uh, why do they call the uh, Adelaide 36ers the 36ers? Luke? Oh, I knew you were going to ask that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, something, something to do with their proclamation. Yeah. Yeah, maybe there was a, or something, I don't something. know, gold rush or something. Yeah, they found a cool <laughs> opal or something in Adelaide. That's all I remember Adelaide. Everything's underground in Adelaide. Yeah. Isn't that right, Lee? Beautiful city, just, you know, yeah. it's Adelaide. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it says on their side when you come into the city. Beautiful city, but it's Adelaide. <laughs> Uh, the gold was dribbling down the, the hills or something in 1936, 1836, 1736. Anyway, uh, Knicks-Cleveland tonight, both 5-7, and seven, both on losing streaks. Knicks have lost four in a row, the Cavs have lost three in a row, and both Lee's favorite teams. Mm. So uh, Cavs get two and a half points at home so they can lose by a couple. Uh, start with you, Lee. Knicks at Cavs, two and a half points. Yeah, I, uh, neither team's been playing well, but that, that, the, the Sexland backcourt is still out. Um I, I think the Knicks. I think the Knicks can win this one. Um, so uh, I'll take New York, but ugh, they're not playing all that well. They, they yeah, well, it's a tough one. This is a, this is. Whew. All right, no, I just think the Knicks have got a better talented team with uh, with those few players there for the Cavs. So New York. Hmm. All right, Skates, what do you think? Oh man, this is very difficult. <laughs> uh, I have no clue. Uh, who's going to hit more threes tonight between these two teams? I think that's who will ultimately just win the game and give me the New York Knicks. Let's get a nice little uh, Austin Rivers game here. I'll, I'll take the Knicks to win by three. I do not feel confident in this, though. What do you got, Trey? Well, the Knicks haven't played a close game in a week and a half, and the Cavs haven't played a close game in a week and a half. <laughs> uh, I'm taking Andre Drummond over 20 rebounds for my pick here. Oh. Give me that big beef, and I'll take the Cavs. All right. Yeah, I as well will take the Cavs. Maybe they've got a little extra oomph because they were involved in that four-team trade. Teams that involved in that trade, they, uh, they've they all won, right? Yeah, I think uh, yeah. that's right. The Nets won. Yep, that's right. Uh, and then, of course, the Rockets Pacers. last night and the Pacers last night. Yep. Yeah, so... Uh, that's good. good well, I, guess, I guess the Nets made the trade. Oh, yeah. They no, no, they the played after. Was, they played Yeah, right they played after, the yeah. Knicks, yeah. yeah. That night, they smoked yeah. the Knicks. I'll take the Cavs. Okay. We got Tass and Trey taking the Cavs. You get plus two and a half. We got... Me and Lee taking the Knicks. They got to win by three or more. Good luck. All right. Best way to wrap up a drop podcast is a little rapid fire fun. Lee, Lee, what do you got for the guys? This week's blockbuster trade saw James Harden reunited with his former teammates, Kevin Durant and Jeff Green. Who or what is something from your past you would like to be reunited with? Trey. I'm lucky in that I've been wearing an extra large since I was in like fourth grade. You know, you wore giant clothes back in the day and now they actually fit me right. So I can usually, when I get a chance to go home, I can find some old stuff that I want to wear and integrate it into my wardrobe today. Actual vintage stuff. I love it. One thing I haven't been able to find though, I had a pair of orange and one tearaway pants and I would just love to have those back. You know, tearaway pants, super impractical when you're in high school and people just want to tear your pants off. But now to be chilling at home, yeah. you know, maybe I'm upstairs, I'm watching basketball, and then it finally comes time to go to bed at night. I'm like, all right, time for bed. Hop into bed, good night, wake up in the morning, button them back up. Wish I could find them. 
It's always the worst part about tearaway pants is button them the back up. Terrible, terrible. Because then you you always like it's like putting up a shower curtain. I can't stand when you miss like a ring and then you like you're get halfway through. Like ah man, you did that. I always did that with the buttons too on my pants. You like you you miss one or you you know you know what I mean. Uh, Anyway, task answer. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, What would I like to be reunited with? My athleticism. It's true, though. Uh, you know, I never had a lot, but a couple decades ago, there was some there. Now, uh, it's it just sucks. Uh, yeah, I, um, you know, there's not a lot of variance in my speeds. You know, a lot of guys have, uh, uh, you know, they say in the NBA, they've just got multiple speeds. You can slow it down. I mean, my sprint speed is basically the same as my jog speed. There's not any variance. It stinks. It stinks. So yeah, my athleticism. Where where have you gone? Oh, my athleticism. Where have you gone? <laughs> JD. Uh, well, I mean, the 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 obvious answer is people in general, but uh, maybe because there's a uh, a scandal happening over at NBA TV right now. Uh, it, it's the top of the brain is the uh, NBA TV, our old crew, you know, uh, we, mm. our camera guys, uh, Rick, Todd, Sharon, and Carlos, and uh, there's probably 14 people working on our show every day. It was the best part of the day. It was like from 4 to 6.30. It was just, we had a full crew of people, and uh, I miss those guys, especially now during these 12-hour days when I'm literally doing all of those jobs. <laughs> and of course, you know, Matty O. It's weird not seeing him every day still, you know, so so that's my answer. Our old crew. Every day answer. before the show, do you play some of our theme music and dance with a garbage can <laughs> just to get that rich okay. feeling back in your bones? <laughs> yeah, I put on a green screen as well, and uh, I walk on the moon and stuff like Todd used to do. <laughs> well, I was going to say, do you drop a big fart at the back of the room like Bill doing some graphic work? <laughs> oh, man. Okay, uh, next rapid-fire question comes from Jordan in Auburn. I am watching a sports program's top 10 James Harden moments. And they have James Harden leads Rockets back from 3-1 deficit in 2015 Western Conference semifinals against the Clippers as number nine. I found this to be an interesting selection considering the iconic moment from that comeback was Josh Smith and Corey Brewer reigning threes while Harden sulked on the bench. My question is, what is something that you get undue credit for, uh, Trey? Having a birthday. Anytime somebody's like, hey, happy birthday, have a great birthday. You didn't do anything. You were just bored. You you had no part in it. You just showed up one day, and now people celebrate you once a year. It's a nice deal. It's a nice uh, nice racket we're all running here celebrating these birthdays, but we did no reason for it. We don't get any credit for that. Give the credit to my mom. (laughs) I'd say and your dad, too, but but mainly your mom. Not on the birthday. (laughs) Ah, Tuss. Well, I'm going to give credit to a mom right now, to my wife. I get undue credit... uh, that my kids are cute. It's all my wife. <laughs> it's all her. It's all her. No doubt about it. And uh, she was the one who's done everything. And also, you know, you're with, if, if you're lucky enough to be with your loved ones right now, show some appreciation for them. It's tough. I'm an a-hole sometimes with my wife. So just, just show a little love. And that's what I just did for my wife. I told her, she's the reason my kids are cute and now I'm going to be mean to her the rest of the day just kidding show some appreciation to your loved ones that's all this guy's getting beef Wellington tonight (laughs) I hope so yeah JD Uh, the cold opens that we have uh, starting the show every day um, I get a lot of compliments about them but uh, I did not create a single one of them (laughs) in fact 
I don't, I don't find them all. I mean, I do spend a, a large portion of my Sundays, you know, try, digging up stuff. And, I, and uh, I will take credit for some of them, but uh, I got sent a lot of them. Nora has sent me a bunch. Um, and you guys, we have a, a Slack channel dedicated to them. So, yeah. um, but, uh, you know, they're great. We love them, but I can't take all the credit for them. So. You want to start giving some shout outs in, J.D.? <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Nora. I think I just did. Nora. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she loves, yeah, she's always now running them by me. Oh, this would be a good cold open. I said, yeah, send it to him. He'll decide. Yeah. Something uh, yeah. Don't run Okay. Last question here. On Thursday's show, I revealed how I had been exchanging DMs on Instagram with two-time heavyweight boxing champion Reddick Foe. <laughs> Which athlete or celebrity would you love to have slide into your DMs, and what pun would you hit them with, Trey? If noted angler Bill Dance ever slid in my DMs and said, Hey, uh, I heard you like ripping lips, I'd say, Daggummit, Bill, I'm hooked on fishing. <laughs> Bill Dance is still alive, is he? He's still alive? I think so. I think still he has dancing? an Instagram account, yeah. All I gotta right. follow him. I'm, I'm gonna try and lure him in here. Oh, another oh. one! <laughs> Nice one, nice one, Tassie. Well, uh, we know Shaquille O'Neal is the the king of the punts. I mean, he's thought of everything. The Shaq Stradamus, uh, the the big Shaqtus. He's been everything. So I'm gonna, I would ask him, why have you never, for one of your companies, come up with the tagline, once you go Shaq, you never go back? And why not? Why not once for something? You couldn't find it. Like Shaq wouldn't, you know, just like I'm not uh, beneath stooping to that level of using that kind of line. Shaq isn't either. Nope. Why hasn't he used it? I'd like to know. <laughs> nice one. JD. Uh, Mike Myers for me. Uh, yeah, great Canadian uh, comedian, but... Just for the catchphrases and puns alone from Austin Powers, which get used daily around here for almost every topic. Like, if you're talking finance, you got to say, one million dollars. Yeah. Food, get in my belly. Emotional stuff. If you got a tissue, if you got an issue, here's a tissue. That kind of thing, you know. <laughs> Poop. First things first. Where's your shitter? You know, that kind of stuff. I mean, around here, it, it's we are constantly quoting the, that movie more than any other movie. Like, who throws a shoe? Honestly, is right. is said at least weekly around here, at least once a week. And then shoe can be like, who throws a remote control? Honestly, you know that kind of thing. So every time we try coffee, how's the coffee? It's a bit nutty, you know, <laughs> like that kind of thing. You can't say magma without saying magma, well, you know. Yeah, uh, the whole zip it thing, around, like always, you know. Would you like to have a suckle on my zipple? You know, that kind of thing. And uh, Farts, every time someone's farts, it smells like carrots and throw up, you know. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's just, it's the, it's the never ending cornucopia of catchphrases so it's got to be mike myers sounds like a whole lot of fun at your house jd oh, i have yeah. to say i'd slot right in over there it'd be beautiful <laughs> you would you would austin powers came up recently here too isla was asking me about it i don't she just had the idea of when we did the the costumes during the halloween show at the starters not um i don't know i don't even remember what year this was but it was a good mm. time i was dressed up like gold member uh we had austin powers rivers what else Dr. Evil J. And Dr. Evil J. And she's like, so what is Austin Powers? And that's a hard thing to describe to a six year old. (laughs) I'm like, he's a funny spy. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, that's a weird thing to say. She's like, wait, does that mean he's a bad guy? No, he's very good. Watch this. So then I played her the intro where they're walking out to Quincy Jones's Soul Bossa Nova, the entrance song to my wedding wedding reception. And she was going crazy. She's like, why are they all chasing him? I'm like, 
He's just being silly. He's just being silly. He loves disguises. Still a classic. Those first two minutes, some of the best minutes in movie history. If you oh, totally. <laughs> totally. Lincoln will Bold. randomly wear the the full gold member uh, costume that you wore, Trey. Just to, for the entire day, he'll just wear it around the house. That's awesome. And <laughs> also cool incredible that he can fit into it already. Are you kidding me? Oh, it's too small for him now. <laughs> Does he, is he ever like uh, pulling off some of his flaky skin and having a little nibble? Uh, <laughs> always, always. Carbs are the enemy. All right. If you're in the mood, go grab some No Dunks items at nodunks.com. Hoodies, t-shirts, shorts, and mugs. Got to wrap the brand. Treat yourself to an athletic subscription. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks, where you can sign up for just $3.99 a month for the best sports writing in the world. Thanks so much for joining us today, all week long. Thank you so much for watching us on YouTube, subscribing on YouTube, listening to the podcast. Keep doing that. A little bit later today, Lily, we got the very solid plays of the week. We'll have that up on YouTube. So again, make sure you subscribe. Hit that little notification button so you know when there's a new video up. You got some good ones this week, Oh, Lily? yeah. I've got a real good batch this week. Oh, I can't wait. So that's coming up a little bit later on Friday. Again, thanks so much. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, all this uh, fiber talk and the, the Tweet of the Week shout-outs uh, makes me uh, miss Big Clogadaga. <laughs> Where's he at? Where's the Krogadaga? I think he might be in Adelaide, actually, old big Krogger. <laughs> Where are you at, big BCG? No, BCD. <laughs> Embrace the weekend, people. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.